Hello and welcome to the SSEU podcast. I have uh, friends. I have some bad news this week. So uh, it turns out that last time we recorded, we ran into some technical difficulties. The technical difficulty consisted of me forgetting to hit record. Uh, But we do have a backup recording which sounds like complete garbage because it was recorded on Ryan's computer, so that didn't work either. Uh, But uh, I did remember to hit record after, I don't know, 15-ish minutes. So we still have an episode. It just doesn't contain the beginning. Uh, My sound is garbage. It is still entertaining. It's still funny. We're going to talk about an American pickle Uh, We're going to talk about campaign platforms. I have a lot of ideas in this episode. We are funny. It is worth a listen. And then I want to point out that next week on Monday, we are going to be doing a movie draft together with none other than Sonny Bunch. That's all for me. Uh, I will uh, play an intro and then we will dive right into the episode. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Episode Thomas, 91. Thomas definitely has not seen that you started an Evernote. It's because he quit the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, quit. I don't even know what I'm doing. He's a guest this week. We have a special guest. <laughs> Thomas! <laughs> How are you? We haven't talked to you since last week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Wait, is that what I'm supposed to say? It's a pleasure to be here. You want to be a guest editor this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, uh, I have 50 minutes edited. I spent, I'm hungover, but I spent two hours this morning trying to edit that fucking thing. Are you just like going out every night like with people you know or are you going out like trying to get laid? Yeah. Uh, the power of and. <laughs> the power of and. So we're talking about change up? Was that it? <laughs> no. no. No, we're talking about that. I, we're talking about American pickle, but I don't know why we're talking about it. There's nothing to say like Oh, okay, fine. Then don't do you say have anything. anything to say about yes, it? Yes, I, I do. Okay, fine. I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I thought Seth Rogen was really good. I thought the story was a little weird, but the change up, 2011. Okay. Comedy. I'm not sure I've seen this. There's there's a lot of boobs in it, surprisingly. What? Well, whose boobs? Is it Jason Bateman's boobs? Because then I'm out. Leslie Mann's boobs. Uh, a pregnant girl's boobs. Olivia Wilde's boobs. Uh, I wonder if it's a body double. You kind of see a uh, nipple from behind, but not from in front of her. Disappointing, I know. The back nipple. Who is Leslie Mann? She has a back nipple. She's married to Judd Apatow's wife. Judd Apatow. She seems like someone who only is in rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's <clears throat> she's not a she doesn't act a lot. Or well, it's funny though. She's oh. very funny. Yeah, she should be in more stuff, but. I think she's like doing this thing where she's like raising their kids or something. I, something like that. Weird. <laughs> Judd doesn't have to raise the kids. Why doesn't Judd raise the kids? And she can act. 
Isn't that what Ridiculous. school is? Zoom school is for? That's where you put uh, them so that they get raised right. That would be wonderful if I could just set them up on Zoom and just let them go. That's the that's what's so stupid about it. It's just that you can't just. It's not autonomous. Like they, you have to. I'm running back and forth between three different rooms <clears throat> all the whole time they're on it. Just like Jonah. I guess Jonah's gotten to the point where he's he's fine switching between apps at this point. Um, but still, Wait, the other I, two. I'm sorry, I missed that. Which apps are they switching between? Toddle, uh, Google Classroom, this uh, launch, uh, launch pad. Um, there's uh, Dreambox. There's iStation. There's um, like and three, or the f- day, three or four more. Throughout the day, they have to switch from this to that to this to that. And plus, like it's not just like one Zoom. Like each period, they have to log into a different Zoom. You have how old, to. How, how old is Rhett? Does Rhett also have to do this? Yeah, he's eight, I think. So anyway, among the unwritten rules, that's one of the dumber ones. This this sense that in a blowout, um, it would be inappropriate to swing away three zero. I understand not stealing bases, maybe not not uh, you know bunting for a hit. Um, I only understand not stealing bases because they shouldn't be base stealing, stealing bases. <laughs> base stealing stupid anyway. But yeah, I just don't like. Uh, I don't get it at all. Like, if if you're gonna, like, why are they playing still then? Then just in the game. If yeah. you're not, if you're not allowed, because the other it. team's trying, and right. you know, the the other team is like a grand slam and a grand slam away from it being a safe situation. So, like, if he um, would have get, would he, if he would have hit a single, would that have been then fine? Like, you see, are they just supposed to like change their entire hitting approach? Uh, you know, based on the score, like, you know, hey you know, get a hit, but not, not too, not too good of a hit, you know? Well, another unwritten rule was interesting. Uh, the twins had a player. Um, so, so, so the twins had a left fielder who made an amazing catch and uh, amazing catches. Aren't these days only like, Oh wow. He dove and caught it, but he covered something like 40 yards in, I think it was around four seconds. Like it was an amazing, like he covered an amazing amount of ground in, in very little time. And they quantify this. And when he threw the ball back to second base to double off the guy who had taken off with the pitch, the second baseman kind of uh, emphatically slapped the bag with his glove instead of putting his foot on the base. And so the other this team got a, a little bit, <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> No emotion. I didn't see this, but it is totally something that like baseball people would get mad about. And I just, I, I don't, I don't understand like what they're trying to do. Like, uh, Europe, European question. Did you say that if you are like, if you have a runaway win, you're beating someone badly, you're, you're supposed to not play as hard. Is that- I, I mean, because that's the other thing. Like, if they don't play as hard and they give up the lead, then everybody will, right. you know. It, in this era of baseball, like, there is no, like, you're right. up by enough. Like, <clears throat> I don't, yeah, but yes. Like, you know, essentially, like, since it was three balls, no strikes, people are saying that he should have taken a pitch. Like, even if it was a strike. Which would have walked in a run. Right. Like, you know, they just like, oh, you shouldn't be as aggressive if you're up by that much. But like, I don't understand how it's aggressive to be swinging at a pitch. Like these headers train themselves to only swing at pitches that they know they can crush. Like, that's not like, 
How do they you turn spend, that off? Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. They spend so much time like tr- just drilling that into themselves and like just seeing, just watching pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch and knowing exactly where the pitches are that can't, that they can drive. They don't get that many of those. And I can't, I don't understand the idea that like if a guy gets one of those pitches that he knows he can crush, he's supposed to just watch it. That's... Right. Because, because, so I don't, I don't really know about baseball, but if you take soccer and hockey, it is like, even if you, let's say that you play at 80%, like if the other team scores a goal and they start to get closer or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, it, like, it's the whole tenor of the game. Yeah, and it's really hard to get back up to a hundred. Like yes. if you've started to like go yeah. easier or whatever, and that, I, that's why it's it's so great. Uh, was it last week when uh, uh, Bayern Munich uh, played uh, Barcelona and they fucking destroyed them eight to two? And it was it's one of the greatest games I've ever seen. It's almost as good as in two thousand fourteen. When the Germans, the yeah. national team at the World Brazil? Cup, beat Brazil seven-one, yeah. that was incredible. That was <laughs> amazing. But but yeah, when it's professionals, part of being a professional is is like there there's no. I think all the idea of of a blowout and 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 mercy goes out the window. Where if it's mm-hmm. college football and it's. Um, a major co- uh, conference, yeah, like Alabama against Cupcake State. You, or you just right. cancel cancel the sport, right? Somebody, you just are like, oh, we shouldn't. This is a terrible sport. Let's Ryan. This, this your hatred of college football. But but there this are is other. The best, this is the best college football season there's ever been. There there are other levels where it's inappropriate to um to like run up the score and and the extent of my coaching kids sure kids. Right. The extent of, of my head coaching experience is, is at the middle school level. And, and I coached some very good teams. Um, but I, there was a time when I was coaching at, uh, I was coaching some terrible teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at the middle school level, they have um, in basketball, A, B, A team, B team, C team, D team. And mm-hmm. so I was coaching C and D at, at the kind of lowest income school for a couple of years. And uh, I mean, it was really, really hard to even be competitive uh, we were just everything was stacked. Odds were stacked against us, and there was this one team that we were playing. That uh, there was the only school that we played outside the city. It's a suburban school that played like a different sort of schedule, and um, they just didn't get it. Um, you know, w- w- we struggled uh, to have a ball handler. Any ball handler that showed any sense of uh, adequacy, the A and B coach would steal from me. Mm-hmm. And promote them. Yeah. So, so we had to be really creative in ways of, of working the ball up the court without it getting stolen. Either, either the the ball just like the pocket picked of the dribbler, or just a pass stolen. Because uh, I mean, this is the first time these guys are playing. Like C and D team, they've never played before. But the fun was teaching them a sport, and mm-hmm. I I, I love doing that. But this one team that this coach just didn't get it where um, like we'd get it. Ju- they weren't allowed to press, but just over half court, they could pick us up right. and they would do that. And they'd steal the pass and, or, or just steal the ball and take it in for a layup. And I tried to talk to the coach about it. And she looked at me, she said, uh, am I supposed to tell them to not try hard? And I'm like, well, no, but, but you don't have worked. to. You don't right. have to trap a half court right. the entire game. Yeah, like you can just pull your defense back behind the three point line and work on something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just say we're, we're going to let them. We're not going to get in passing lanes, but we're we're going to work on on kind of maybe a sagging man to man defense right. where we can stop a drive. And and you're, what you're doing is actually you're teaching your students different skills because they're actually not learning anything by just stealing passes and anticipating. Because when you play a better team. 
like they could dribble and they could kids, not telegraph kids sports passes. Are not about winning. Kids sports are right. about like learning. you know development and learning yeah. and just like these coaches they're just like she didn't uh, get like some coaches don't get it at all. Yeah. It's like no, I, I know. Believe me, you know, <laughs> especially like when they have more resources to you. You know, right. she's she's sending her kids to like Michael Jordan camp. Right. Your kids are going to like, like JaVale this. McGee camp. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there usually some sort of mercy rule though for kids well so uh, yeah, in this case for... the mercy rule was that the it was a running clock so when the whistle yeah uh, would blow like the clock would keep going uh, right okay and when normal times like if there's a foul or it went out of bounds or whatever the clock would stop it just keeps like if they're up by like more than 20 or something like that the clock but, but keeps my running. point wasn't the unfairness of it my point was that nobody's learning anything from this right yeah. Your and, team isn't and we aren't. I mean, and the biggest thing like for kids like is like you just like you don't have to tell them not to try. Just put in like your worst players and let them yeah. play. And now sometimes even a team's worst players are better than sure. you know a- another team. But still, like you can change up your strategy. You can do so many things to make it like yeah. you're n- and where you're not telling your kids don't try cuz you never want to tell them don't, don't oh stop trying or whatever, but they're just <laughs> so many like it's you have so many options especially in basketball yeah yeah so i mean but but when you, when you get to professional sports i think all bets are off like these are all professionals the best of the best and and uh i i see no need like we've seen remarkable comebacks to the point mm-hmm. where um there's there's no such thing as running up the score in in professional sports that's why like you know i was i i always rooted against the patriots but i never had a problem with when they were you know on their 18-0 season or whatever, um, whatever season it was they went, or where'd they go? 16 or 17? They went two games in the playoffs before they lost in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. When they were, people would get mad at them when they would run up the score. Like um, when Tom Brady oh, set the single games. season touchdown record. Like, I, I didn't care about that. Like, I, I wanted to see him throw more touchdowns. <laughs> like, he should have never come out. Uh, enough about sports. Uh, Chris, how was the birthday party? Yeah, uh, last week uh, you heard about uh, the you know because it's already happened, um, and uh, we recorded you know after it. Uh, well, that doesn't matter. the The timing is not important, but uh, yeah, you asked about the birthday party, and and it, it was a great birthday party. Uh, unfortunately, this week uh, Meg woke up yesterday uh, being unable to smell, um, <laughs> which is uh, uh, for some people who are asymptomatic. Uh, it's not of- a symptom of. <laughs> That that is a symptom, and for some people, that's the only symptom they have is they lose their sm- sense of smell, and so uh, we had to like tell everybody who came to the party just you know, uh, you know, thanks. Present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, we sent you home with a little, little something, but uh, she tested negative. She already got the test back. Uh, oh. Thankfully, it took only twenty four hours. Oh, nice. um, so why and, did she look but smell? but here's the th- but here's the thing is uh it's it was such an early test uh these early tests they say are up to 60 oh. some percent false negatives because you know the body is still um, was, it so, the saliva, was it the saliva test uh it was it was the brain tickler it okay because, um, because the saliva ones are supposedly worse than okay. when you well but but the it's not false negative in that in that um, it's inaccurate. It's just that it doesn't it detect it sometimes. Yeah, it hasn't been long enough. She hasn't had the possibly hasn't had the COVID the the Rona long enough, and um, so we just have to watch her symptoms. So we're kind of quarantining as a family. Um, how, so, how, so that's how fun. Long, 
How, how long has uh, she not been able to smell? Like 30 hours. So you can just oh. like fart whenever you want now. <laughs> she and can still hear it. I don't see how that's different from my day-to-day life, Ryan. So what did you end up getting her for her birthday? I got her a, a grill. <laughs> you, you got mega grill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know that I mega got her. You, you know that I got her a grill for for our anniversary, right? That we we talked to to Jim Swift and yeah. and I got all excited about buying a um. I always want to call it a jumbo gym because it was Jim Swift that, but it's it's actually called a jumbo Joe, uh, a little eighteen inch. I guess eighteen inches isn't really little, um, except in this context. Neither is Jim. But uh, it's a little little portable uh, charcoal grill. Well, guys, I've been having so much fun grilling on charcoal. And right before a party in which we were going to grill a bunch of food, my gas grill uh, kind of gave up its ghost. Uh, it might be fixable, but I don't know if I want to fix it. Uh, so I got her a, a nice uh, premium Weber. Uh, oh, it's a beauty. It is uh, a 22-inch. It's, it's got a thermometer on there, so I could tell actually how hot the grill is. That's, that's a new thing for me with charcoal. It's great. I love it. What, so what your it. gas grill stopped working and you replaced it by getting her a charcoal grill. grill yeah i love okay. it it's great i i i love using it and i love uh the present that i got for her that sounds, sounds like a, yeah, sounds like a great gift like yeah i I, 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 I could not be more thrilled with it thomas i i would be over the moon uh what else has happened in sioux falls recently you had corn growing in the middle of the road <laughs> yes, the fifteen seventy three corn stock. Uh, uh, it's one of these odd uh, Sioux Falls stories that we don't have a lot going on here, so we get excited about <laughs> silly things. You know, our paper, uh, a corn stock growing on a street, um, somehow magically, not magically, but you don't often see those growing out of cracks <laughs> on the pavement. Uh, but, you know, we don't have a lot of crime or drugs or this or that, so, like, these things are great. And it's weird how, how the significance these come to have in our lives um so there was this uh thomas i think i showed you mr bendo when you were here and we never really yeah. appreciated mm-hmm. mr bendo this giant um uh statue of a of a man holding a muffler uh, we never appreciated him until a, a, a drunk driver veered off the road and ran into him, thus wrecking him. And there was this big public push to to restore Mr. Bendo. Like this this business, this muffler business, had no idea how much people loved Mr. Bendo until uh, he was injured. And there was a public outcry that they were going to just get rid of him instead of Wait, fixing him. Wait, this guy's a national thing. Mr. Bendo? Yeah, because I've seen him other places. Have you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's beloved here, and even though I think that place closed, another business like took like took a crane and put it on a truck and brought Mr. Bendo to uh, um, to a different part of town. So this corn stock, uh, which the local paper covered as like the the piece of hope that we all have in 2020. Well, Ryan, what do you suppose happened to the bit of uh, the thing, the corn stock that gave us all hope? Yeah, we had one in Indianapolis. That's where I've seen it. There's there's a Mr. Bindo in Indianapolis. Okay, all right. Exactly. We've moved on to corn stocks. What the corn stocks that gave everyone hope, Ryan. What what do you suppose happened to that? Um It was growing in the road. Somebody shoved it up Mr. Bindo's bindo. <laughs> well, I don't know actually what happened. I don't think that's what happened, but somehow it was destroyed. And uh, the city came together, um 
in, in this time of disunity, our city united in mourning. Um, uh, uh, there's a people out there. Um, like I don't know if there's a candlelight vigil, but uh, certainly there's a dude taking a video, singing a, a song with a guitar. He was he was um, singing an ode to the cornstalk. Um, there's a great deal of uh, of just uh, mourning at at the loss of of this cornstalk that gave us all hope. Uh, but I feel like it's a pretty good metaphor for 2020 that um, this Is thing that gave us hope was destroyed. Not that I know of. This should be a this should be like an HBO four part documentary series. This should be like a serial a yeah. serial uh, podcast. One of, one of those crime podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who who so, ran over the cornstalk? So uh, I looked up muffler on Urban Dictionary, and it says here that it is a oh technique. My gosh. This is not that kind of podcast, uh, oh. Thomas. Can you please <laughs> can you please bleep that out? So I guess well, it's not not that kind of podcast. Also, <laughs> so I guess Chris, when uh, your kids, when Jordan and Isaac have their birthdays, are they also getting grills? No, we've got two grills in our house. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are they going to get a Mister Bindo? There's Mister Bindos all over the country. So you calling this like a Sioux Falls thing is well, very. I, I'm just saying it was. Side. I'm just saying people were outraged when this business suggested maybe just getting rid of it instead of repairing it. There's a public outrage. Uh, we one, care of the, one of the Mr. Bindos has a cast on his leg because somebody ran their car into his leg. That's probably ours. I would guess. I don't think so. I think you would I think you would have said that if you're just trying to take somebody else's this, Do you listen to the stories I tell? I just told you about someone running into it. I know, but you did okay. not say anything about it being a cast there. This all right, this, all right. it's on Wikipedia. Uh, this from May 2010. Oh, it is from Sioux Falls. <laughs> but the picture is from May 2010. Have you signed it? Because everybody signed this. It looks like the entire city has signed the cast. Have you signed it? I, I didn't sign it, no. So why not? Not the, not the entire city. Somebody wrote their name like really big over like 10 people's name. Maybe it was that John was... Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, in other yeah. Sioux Falls news, um, you know, last week we covered, we did a lot of poop, um, and uh, Isaac had a poop story from last week. I don't remember what that was, but uh, this week he took a giant dump, and afterwards he looked at it, and he's like, oh, he's like, it looks just like a poop emoji, except without the face. <laughs> uh, last week he decided that it was called fireworks. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He had fireworks coming out his butt. Well, this this week it was a little bit more formed, and uh, looked like a poop emoji. All right. Except so like, except there was no face, guys. There's no face in it. Mm, so it was like you could have let him draw one on there. Circled in a pile and like. I get yeah. Is, 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 is that the emoji? I yeah. never I never really use it. Uh, okay, but anyway, so we are trying to run a podcast here, guys. And when you are trying to run a podcast, you need revenue. Uh, we have a patron that people are more than welcome to subscribe to, uh, but we feel like we aren't getting enough money. Yeah, and the Patreon's great, uh, but I mean we've got expenses uh, with the podcast, and and once I got a taste of that sweet sweet Patreon money, it's I feel like it's a gateway drug. Um, so so I've got some ideas to 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 generate some revenue. What, what would what, Patreon be a gateway drug to? Bitcoin? No, 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 I'm just saying just like that sweet hard cash was just okay. made me hungry for more. 
So uh, here's the thing is we've seen realignments of politics. Uh, you know, the, the, the Republicans five years ago were a free trading party. Now they're not. Um, well, well, what, what's become clear is that, is, is that uh, the parties aren't necessarily ideological anymore. And so my thought is that maybe uh, we've got some, some uh, pretty good uh, experience and knowledge on this podcast. Thomas is an actual political scientist. Um, he's not just a scientist, but he's a political scientist. And although Ryan hasn't gone to college, he, he's read some books. I saw, um, Dead, I saw Dead Man on Campus. He saw that movie, and my thought was that maybe we could come up with a platform that would be the winning platform, and since the parties aren't so ideological, we could sell our winning platform to um, whichever party, to the highest bidder. Republicans, Mm. Democrats, doesn't matter who, whoever pays us the most money. Now, so this platform can be policy but also maybe it can be just slogans, you know, a chicken in every pot, for instance, just to make one up out of thin air um we could promise that everyone would have a chicken in their pot um so So are we giving uh, people a chicken or a pot well i assume they had the chicken okay so but they need a pot and i'm not saying that that we're that we're giving them this i'm just saying we're coming up with there's no bad ideas in brainstorming so i was thinking we brainstorm and then we whittle that down into a uh, political platform that we can sell what do you think can we do this yeah, I, 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 I have some ideas. Do you have some we, science, can, some po- po- political science uh, yeah, ideas well, to bring? So, so I, don't, I don't know if this first idea is backed up by political science, but I think that if we looked into it, it probably would be. Uh, so there are, there are a bunch of states uh, in the U.S., right? Like we have 48 on the continental United States. And not there's some all, other ones. Not, not all of these are... Um, you know, like good, like some of them are just terrible. They're like, they're right. bad. Like, like you were talking about how flyover America, we like, we're pro flyover America. Yeah, that, that's yep. a good part of the country, right? Yeah. And then some parts are bad. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I figure that we could just build walls around the parts that are undesirable. So for example, the entire state of New Jersey, just fucking wall it off. <laughs> Uh, and then we don't have to see it. What about what about putting New Jersey in a dome, like that one Stephen King book where? Which book is that? I don't know. Dome. It was probably called Dome. <laughs> I think it was called Dome. They made a movie about it. It was called Biodome, uh, and it had Polly Shore. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Yeah, and so and if they wanted to like travel anywhere else, I mean, it would be restricted. They might have to apply for visas. Uh, but yeah, but they should. Stay what you're there. suggesting is a sort of apartheid against New Jerseyans? Yeah, yeah, that's what yes. I'm hearing. Okay, yes. all right. I mean, I'm okay. not, I'm not ashamed. Hey, there's no bad I'm... ideas in brainstorming. Okay, what else you got, Thomas? Well, uh, so... no. oh, okay. Ryan's got some thoughts. Well, I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of protests about defunding the police. I was thinking, you know, defunding the police seems a little extreme. There's reasonable solutions that stop short of defunding the police. So, um, defenestrate the police. Decimate the police. What if, what if before someone comes, becomes a police officer, they, um, have to serve 10 years in a federal penitentiary (laughs) just to get like, you know, get an idea of what it's like before, you know, before they lock someone away, 
they're gonna say I, I, I liked it. Like this makes sense. Like if if you watch like the the Crime Stoppers and different TV shows, like a lot of them have like I love Crime Stoppers, the what? TV show Crime Stoppers. Right, detectives, policemen, uh, whatever. They all have like special abilities. Like in The Mentalist, he uh, uh, he yeah he has like he can spot like details or whatever it is. No, that's psych. What does he do in The Mentalist? I think it's the same. He's Mentalist Holmes. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then numbers, you have the math whiz who solves crimes with numbers. But mm. I like this one. Like, they, they know what it's like to be a criminal, like, to beat you them. Gotta, you gotta, them. You gotta think like a criminal to catch a criminal, right? It was already, a, it was a series. It was Damien Lewis. It was called Life. He, oh. he was convicted. He was wrongly convicted. He was, a, he was a L.A. homicide detective. He was wrongly convicted of a crime. He served 10 years in prison. And then he got out because his case was overturned because he was innocent. They had to give him like $10 million. So he didn't have to work, but he went back to being a detective and he was the best detective because <laughs> he because was. Because of all the sodomy. <laughs> so, so is the idea here that like being locked up, should it be part of like the police academy or should we just find like former criminals and make them oh, police officers? Go straight to the source. No. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I just, Ryan, I, I don't want to say it's, it's a bad idea. I just wonder if this would hurt recruitment. <laughs> you want to be a cop? Well, you could give five, him like a bonus. Like, like, you can give him like a $1,500 bonus or something like that. Okay. <laughs> 1500 now, work for 10 cents an hour for 10 years in prison, and then come out and, and be a cop. And well, I mean, everyone should be on board with it. If, if, it, if it works... It's just like college. College takes like 10 years, so... <laughs> and cost 10 cents. <laughs> yeah. During the corona crisis, and if you listen to the Sub Beacon or you just read news about Hollywood and entertainment media, you uh, have noticed that movie theaters aren't doing too well. They're starting to open up now, but they're not doing too well economically. Some of them might go bankrupt, whatever. And so... So my idea, my thinking here is that, well, they have all these spaces. We could do something else with them. And so what we should do with them, the policy proposal, is that we take old movie theaters and we turn them into holodecks. Ooh. Um, is not brilliant? No, I think it is. I mean, I, I, would, I would love to go to a holodeck. So, yeah. so first we invent holodecks. <laughs> And then I, I feel like we were a bit fuzzy on what holodecks are. <laughs> I mean, we can just start out basic. We can have like, I don't know, like cardboard cutouts that move around or something. Like we can start out really basic. Uh, Animatronics. Until... People are I, really yeah. I think you just described Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, turn movie theaters into holodecks with animatronics, okay? Well, it's... one thing I've seen is like... Um, you know, there, there's these parking meters all over town where people put money at them when they park. But when people aren't pocket parking, they don't really do anything. And I was looking at one the other day, and it remind it was like I was like, "What does that look like? It looks like something. It reminds me of something." And I was thinking, and then I was like, "Oh, the golf course. It, it looks like a ball washer." So what if parking mm. meters were also mm. ball washers? Oh my gosh! And that way, like you know, that way. You know, even when people aren't parking, they can be doing something. They don't. They serve more of a function other than just, just you know, sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, but are a lot of 
parking meters. Not all parking meters are near golf courses, though. Well, sure, but think think about the use they would have for the homeless, though. Yeah, they would have the I mean, cleanest balls. They got to wash their balls. Like, I don't, yeah, okay, you want yeah. you want you? I mean, I, I'm not like you know, I'm not that classist, Thomas. Like, I think that like everybody should be entitled to have clean balls, even the homeless that are walking around okay. downtown. Yeah, no, I like the as a welfare program. This makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, so. So now, if, so Chris, you you still actually like read books, like sure, physical I do, yeah. books, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's your problem. Uh, Ryan, on the other hand, he has moved on and has moved past that, and so he will either listen to books or he will read them digitally. We have all these buildings across the country that store a lot of books, and people will just like walk in and then grab them, but almost no one does that anymore because. Who the fuck goes to a library? And so we have all these libraries. Again, this is the waste of space. So mm-hmm. what we should do is that we should Put just- Put ball washers in them. I mean, we could. But the first step is to abolish all the libraries, and then we just give people the money to buy a Kindle. And they can just go and check out books digitally. A Kindle and, for everyone. Yeah, Kindle for everyone. A Kindle in every chicken. A Kindle in every pot. A Kindle in every chicken pot. Yeah, and we got the only. The, there is one downside to this. And the a only Kindle in every chicken pot pie. The only downside to this idea is that there will be fewer librarians. Ooh. Uh, but you like know. those authority, like authoritative women who say shh. Well, I mean, if there's not going to be libraries, then we're not going to be able to put ball washers in the libraries. But we need more ball washers. Maybe the librarians can become ball washers. Ooh. Not problematic. <laughs> uh, okay, I have one, uh, one last one. If you turn on the evening news or, uh, yeah, like the evening news, the cable news, CNN or Fox or MSNBC, and you look at the, the reporters and the hosts, hostesses? No, news anchors. That's what they're called. Lady, um, lady hosts. Yeah. So, what, what, or even, even the male ones. What do you notice about them? They are They're on TV. human beings. Um, on TV. No, no, not, neither of those things. You they wear makeup. Know, yes, but you will notice that they are almost exclusively attractive. Mm. Most new Chris Matthews. Mm. Especially, yeah, well, ignore MSNBC. It's a bad Lor- example. Lawrence O'Donnell. Mm. That, Chris oh, Hume. <laughs> what, Bill the, O'Reilly. The ladies on Fox and the, the, the men on Judge Fox. Judge <laughs> Hey, depends on how much she's had to drink. That, uh, uh, but no, but a lot of them are, I don't feel like there are enough normal, average, ugly-looking journalists in mm. television media mm. today. Okay. And so it's, what, it's not really representative of the population. No, right? it's not. And so what we need is an affirmative action program that makes sure that regular-looking people also get a chance to earn the big bucks at CNN. Well, not just regular, but ugly, right? We want, yeah, yeah, I don't need that Jake Tapper being thrown in my face. Yeah, what? I mean, I don't, I don't need to be aroused when I'm watching the news. Actually, the uglier they are, the more seriously you will take the news because mm-hmm. yeah. you will be paying attention. This person need... must be really good. Yeah, Candy Crowley, man, she must be smart. Yeah, they can't all be Charlie Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he get fired because it, yeah. was, it turned out that he was a, a... He pulled the naked man. 
He was, yeah. yeah. He was a creepy old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there was a this this uh, joke from uh, what's that? What's that? How I Met Your Mother. Uh, the, Why do we keep talking about this show? It's funny. It's a terrible <laughs> show, but like, I, I think there's a trope on that the show where like one of them would pull the naked man, and like when there's a girl who doesn't isn't really that interested in you, uh, you just make the bold move of just taking off all your clothes and just like being like, boom, ta da, and and they would sleep with you out of pity. So I that Charlie, was the Louis C.K. No, no, he did something else in front of them. But Charlie Rose would just be like, here I am, naked. And then, like, the the girl would kind of feel pity, and uh, it's uh, a different form of sexual assault. But anyway, that's... I, I think there's a line in How I Met Your Mother about, like, pulling the naked man. It works, like, one out of three times or something like right. that. Right, yeah, they, they acknowledge that, that the rate of return isn't great, but, but it, I mean, it's not what, zero. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. Okay, what, what suggestions do you have, Chris? Okay, so... quite a platform here. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like it. Um, I was thinking populism has been pretty big, uh, and, and and that's smart. Like, get behind the people. Like, what do the people like? Pretty popular. Uh, and 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 guys, what do the people like? Everybody oh. likes a talent show, <laughs> right? I mean, every channel has one. American Idol, The Voice, uh, America's talent. Got Talent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I was just I was just thinking. Um, you know, as a platform, um, that, uh, that, that, that the candidate demand a talent show. I mean, wouldn't you want to see Kamala versus Mike Pence? Um, you know, we're not going to select their talent, but like America wants to see their talent, right? Kamala's well, talent is a wor- world record holder for putting on cuffs on someone. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um, so, uh, talent shows and i i just i don't think it's it's limited to necessarily campaign events like i'm not saying just replace the debates with talent shows but i just think more talent shows um you know primary elections get rid of them talent show talent show yeah what what kind of talent could you have joe and donald do that a wouldn't kill them <laughs> and b that they would actually remember from beginning to end <laughs> well if you've watched the axios interview trump did a lot of this uh, he, did, his he, cupped his, he cupped his hands a lot um i feel like there's a talent there <laughs> Some uh, abrahamic truths oaths yeah you yeah like check for hernia um <laughs> cough I bet Joe could um, ride a train uh, longer than anyone else. Oh, so that, that could be his talent. He's Amtrak a lot. Is, is that riding a train in the Alexander oh Ocasio-Cortez sense? Or? Uh, are you trying to say run train? Ru- yes. No, ride a train. Like, okay. like be, a, be a passenger, buy a ticket. Okay. Like on training day. On training day, yeah. <laughs> Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, they bought a train ticket on Amtrak from Wilmington, Delaware. I actually haven't seen that movie. Antoine Fuqua. No, it's probably one I should watch. Yeah, it's good. That's yeah. where I've seen clips from it. Like I've seen, is it Denzel giving some sort of speech or something? Yeah, he or he tells like these uh, preppy kids that are buying drugs in the hood. He says, "If I see you here again, I'm gonna let the brothers down the street run a train on your girl." Do you know yeah. what that means? <laughs> and then and then he takes the whole hospital hostage because he doesn't have health insurance <laughs> for yeah. his daughter. Yeah, that was that was a that was a twist. I didn't see that coming. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I think M Knight wrote that part of the script. I, he must uh, have. Yeah, 
I, well, I like this idea, Chris. I think it would be entertaining to watch. Uh, it would definitely spice up our elections. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- what else do you have? Um, I honestly thought I'd um, come up with more stuff while you guys were talking, but uh, but <laughs> guess uh, I'll just have to ponder this a little bit more. Maybe we can come back to this um, okay. well, another what, episode. Yeah. What do we have so far? Can we summarize? Wall off New Jersey, create an apartheid state. Police yeah. officers have to serve 10 years in a prison. Turn movie theaters into holodecks um, is step two. Step one is find out what a holodeck is. And step two is figure out how to make them. Uh, parking meter ball washer. Um, <laughs> I, I remember when, we talk, when Obama talked a lot about the smart grid. Um, we're going to have a smart grid. It's just basically having a smart grid of, of, uh, of parking meters. You know, Like, let's just smart grid everything. Um, I, I think we could do this with a lot of things that are just doing nothing for us um, around the clock, you know? I yeah. think we could repurpose all kinds of things. They don't, have to, they don't have to be ball washers, but but um, but yeah, Thomas is going to make uh, libraries into ball washers. Um, well, uh, I, I'm gonna, talent. We're going to abolish libraries and give everyone a Kindle. And then what was the thing with librarians? Uh, they can be ball washers. Okay. Uh, and we're going to have more talent shows. So okay. I think and it's a good... Ugly journalists. Ah, yes, ugly journalists. Let's not forget that. Uh, affirmative action for journalists. We've got a, a good start here. Uh, I don't think we're ready to bring this to to Joe, to Sleepy Joe or, uh, D- or Donald J. Trump yet. I think we've got some work, but I think this is a really good start, guys. Good work. Yeah, if anyone has ideas... Feel uh, free to tweet or email us, and we'll uh, we'll take them into consideration. This this is a collective team effort. Mm-hmm. But w- but we get the money. But it's Nothing a team silly. effort. Yeah, D- yeah. Don't don't suggest you know that uh, we abolish cable TV and just have OANN as the national. Like that's don't be stupid. Okay, don't be stupid. Transition. We have watched a movie for this week called An American Pickle. I was really confused at first when I heard this, uh, An American Pickle, and I figured out, what, we're going to talk about Rhyme's Pickle? Like, I know it's long, it has girth, it's like, it's, it's got a lot of bumps size. on it. Yeah. Oh goodness, like, I've been texting the wrong person. Causes some friction, and I'm like, I mean, we, we can watch an hour and a half movie about it. I'm not sure how fun it will be. Turned out uh, it's actually about pickles. So an American pickle is, is it Seth Rogen's movie? Are we allowed to say that? I mean, did he write it? Yes. You're no? not allowed to say it. Okay. Uh, we won't he, say that. He prefers we don't. Uh, an American pickle was released on HBO Max. Uh, it had a budget, uh, it says on Wikipedia at least, of $20 million. And it made 36000 at the box office. At the home was- box office? Boy, that is... Uh- that's not good. That's a big loss. I don't think they expected that. I, I'm just, I'm a little surprised that this movie costs 20 million to make, actually. Uh, okay, so Chris, can you give us the big boy review of an American pickle? Yeah, and so this is going to be a, a spoiler-filled review because I, I want to give kind of a broad outline so we have a, a sense of, of what's happening here. So uh, the, the major conceit of the movie is, is that a... Uh, a hundred hundred years ago, a, a Jewish immigrant falls into uh, a, a giant uh, pickle bat. 
that and a hundred years later is released. Um, so a lot of the humor is fish out of water kind of stuff. And, um, uh, coming to terms with, uh, uh, he has one living descendant that he connects with. Um, so uh, the, the movie opens up with the depiction of this horrible fictional country in Eastern Europe uh, that Herschel, um, who uh, Seth Rogen plays. Were you going to say something about fictional countries, Thomas? What, is it fictional? I, I assume it wasn't like Poland or something. Oh, so, so, that, what, so that was referring to a, uh, a town, not a country. The place he go, he says he's from is is Oops. what? Oops, something like that. Right? Yeah, is this really worth looking up? Eh, nah, let's just go with Schlupsk. Be, be, because the depiction of Schlupsk is is one of of just like the worst place in the world. So it, even in this way, like the the movie is is uh, really reactionary in showing just how great America is to so a generation that thinks like we live in a period of great inequality and and democracy is dying. Um, Herschel, uh, Herschel's existence is horrible. That uh, he's a ditch digger, and it's and it's comical how his, his everything breaks. Everything's breaking. Every shovel he has breaks, and so he's just like his life is. It consists of mud and death and Cossacks coming to slaughter his family and everybody and everything they love. Um, he falls in love with a woman and he impresses her by working really hard at ditch digging. So he has enough money to purchase, uh, a fish for her, which she eats the head off of in front of him. Um, but it's, kind of a really, it's a really pretty fish. That's a really pretty fish. And, and there's nothing more romantic than buying a fish for a woman and watching her eat the head off yep. in front of you. Yeah. And that, that woman is, uh, Shiv. From Succession, uh, apparently mm-hmm. her real name is Sarah Snook or Snook. Sarah Snook, or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, she's from the Showtime show Billions. Yeah. With Paul Giamatti. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, so uh, his wife uh, Herschel and his wife decide that they're going to go to the U.S. because you can actually make your dreams happen there, and so they arrive in Brooklyn. And, and of course, we get some humorous stuff at, at Ellis Island with, you know, kind of like comical anti-Semitical tropes. But it's funny, though, that like, despite the fact that they're mistreated and treated as subhuman, um, this is still the land of opportunity, right? Yeah. Like, it's a reactionary movie. Um, and yeah, so they're in Brooklyn, uh, Thomas. Yeah, and, and, and while in Brooklyn, so he gets a job at a Pico factory or something like that. They manage uh, be, to buy... Be, you know, beating... Uh, Rats. Um, so he, yeah. for every rat he kills, he gets money from his boss. Five cents. Five cents a rat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, he ma- they manage to save enough money so that they can buy a burial plot. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream. Is is, and I love this. Yeah, that like you're they're so rich that they could buy their own burial plot. Yeah, and they dream of someday being able to taste seltzer water. <laughs> so they're able to afford a beer plot but not seltzer water that's, like, that's the thing he sees on the streets and he's like that's, that's the stuff that's amazing uh, okay yeah but he falls into a, uh, into a vat of pickle brine and he's brining pickle for a hundred years but, but, but his, his wife is pregnant at the time so he never actually gets yeah. to meet his child but a hundred years comes out and he, he has one de- living descendant who is also played by Seth Rogen yeah and he's perfectly fine because the scientists assure us that if you are brining pickle 
for pickle brine for a hundred years, you'll be fine. Totally preserved. I, this I, I this, this is a movie that you cannot um, take at, at face value that there's a lot of stuff involving science and immigration. It, it's not trying <laughs> to answer these questions, right? It, it just, uh, all right. You just so, accept it for what it is. Right. So, so we can talk more about the movie, maybe jump around a bit. But, uh, oh, or the oh. fact that like this guy, like this would be the most amazing thing in the world, and he would be the center of attention. But but in fact, uh, he quickly goes into obscurity, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody uh, knows who he's. <laughs> yeah, they have one press conference, and after that, it's just like yeah, yeah. it's just like ah, eh, another pickle guy. <laughs> yeah, this isn't that big uh, of a deal. Uh, like, we found uh, out how, like we've solved immortality, but you know whatever. All uh, right, so. So here's my hope for this movie. My hope is that this movie will actually allow us, as a podcast, to for once come Become together. a pickle podcast. Well, I mean, we could do that. But that we, we could get together here now, and I, I don't feel like we've done this in a long time. And all three of us agree that this is probably the funniest movie of 2020. Well, Palm Springs was in 2020, so... <laughs> uh, this is better than Palm Springs. No, it's this not. Is more entertaining like... and funnier than Palm Springs. You've got to be kidding me. No. I, I like this movie, and I can't believe you're using it to <laughs> attack. I, I love not, this. This is the best. I, I'm not attack- Like, this actually made me laugh at several points in the movie. Anyway, so yeah. So Herschel wakes up, and he has to uh, meet his, is it great-grandson, I guess? Ben Greenbaum? Yes, who is something like ben, that, yeah. Who is Ben Greenbaum? <laughs> he is a app developer. <laughs> he has been working on the same app for five years called Beep Boop Bop. And he's lived off of money for, that he got from when his parents were in a car accident and died sometime after he graduated college. And uh, the money's running out, so he needs to sell his app which um so so this app so the app is supposed to rate businesses based on how ethical they are so you go and you like you take a photo of uh, whole foods or something and it will give you like oh this is a 91 percent well you can you can scan a product like anything with like a upc or a barcode you can scan it and it'll tell you how ethical the the company is that produced yeah. it, and then then you scan something from Walmart and it gives you a score of five or something. Like I don't know, but yeah, it's like how ethical is this company? Yeah, uh, and, and he wants uh, that sweet uh, VD. I'm sorry, VC, uh, VC. Yeah, he wants that venture capital. Sorry, what what did I say? VD, venerable oh, okay. disease money. Yeah, ven- venerable disease money. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's looking for some venture capital. Um, he wants an infusion of, of money, whether it's cock money or he just wants an infusion of, of money. And uh, so here, here's what here's um, I what I realized is I, I would hate criticism of this movie uh, if they said, oh, the humor is based on fish out of water, as if that's a, a criticism. Like uh, it's it's kind of funny to see that. Like I, I like it. Like. Uh, the the millennial. Um, I want to keep wanting to say Mandelbaum. Um, what's the name? <laughs> Greenbaum. 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 Mandelbaum. 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 Greenbaum. Mandelbaum. Uh, Greenbaum. Um, like one of the jokes is is I mean there's a lot of jokes about, like poking fun at just like 
Brooklyn millennials. He's like, he talks about <laughs> pea milk. Yep. He's like, we're milking everything these days. Pea milk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what what kinds of milk is it? Cashew milk? Uh, pea milk? Cash, cashew, pea, or something. Else. And I like how the like the first things that he he's supposed to like show him. Like if someone has if someone has been brining pickle for a hundred years and then they suddenly wake up and you're like, what can I show this guy? Well, lip thinking with Alexa. That's what I'm gonna do. Alexa, <laughs> play oldies, and then he's lip syncing to it and trying to get him to do this. I'm like. Maybe not the first thing I would show them, yeah. but yeah. And like, that's funny. And then he, of course, shows the seltzer water, which is like, M.A. blows his mind because you can just make it in a, what are those things called? Shit. Uh, soda stream? Soda yeah, stream, soda, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I guess what I liked about the movie, besides being funny, was, was just like how sneakily uh, just reactionary it is. Just uh, like it would, while, while it depicts this Brooklyn... Uh, millennial um, app developer, uh, it, it, it unambiguously depicts America as a great place, as a land of opportunity, uh, you know, especially compared to where we've come from as, as a civilization um, that like you could be in Schlupsk living in mud and having fear of physical violence from the Cossacks um, or like you live in America where we can do better and, and um, we seek justice uh, for all and we're not there yet. But uh, uh, this, this is a land where um, you where, can, you can own 25 pairs of sock. Yeah, yes. Like think about the, the un, unbelievable prosperity that we have um, that, that, that like an average person owns 25 socks. We think nothing of it. Uh, and 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 it kind of points this out, and and I love that. And the the main plot of the movie is at, at first they're excited to see each other, but uh, this uh, Herschel is 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 a throwback. He's anachronistic. You know, he's he doesn't fit in in today's world. Like he is, um, he's xenophobic. He is um, he's he's certainly bigoted. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yet um, there's something good about him. It's it's. Uh, he he does understand some things that his his great grandson doesn't right that like the importance of family and the importance of heritage and um i mean at the end we kind of find out okay well ben does care about this but the the driving force for herschel is to essentially um give his wife's remains her, her earthly remains uh, the dignity they deserve that he goes to to find her grave this plot that he spent money on and it is it is in the cemetery that is not kept up um it, that it ben has between two, it's between two highways and and there's an awful billboard there so <clears throat> immediately he's like ben what like of course we should like use all the money you have to purchase this billboard and to take it down so that um we can honor our family in this way and so it isn't just like oh the past is stupid uh even though it prevents herschel as this bigoted and awful figure um it's it's it it's a nuanced portrait of 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 what we've inherited right wouldn't you agree what so- but there's some good to to herschel yeah yeah, no, definitely. And, and I like, so what I like, really like about this movie is, as you sort of mentioned with the millennials, is how much fun it makes of like the <laughs> Brooklyn, New York hipsters. So, so Herschel and Ben, they have this falling out and Herschel goes off to like start a pickle business because that's what- The falling knows. out is over like, like you won't spend $200,000 to buy this thing? Yeah. Well then screw you. And well, so they, yeah, he's like, I'm going to race. I'm going to become a pickle 
uh what does he say well they get they get in a fight um at at the graveyard with the guys who are putting up a new billboard yeah yeah and so he gets arrested it's for vodka vodka. yeah he assumes they're a cossack they're cossack yeah (laughs) and and so when and so he convinces ben to go sell his app so he's like you're you've been you spent too much time on it it's it's ready sell it so he goes to sell it and then the guy who he was going to sell it to um it says well you know if you look up your own company on the app, you don't like. He gets a low ethical like score because he got in a fight. <laughs> He's been arrested for assault. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. So so Herschel goes off and he decides that he's going to be. He's going to make build pickles. a pickle empire. A pickle empire, and he grab like out of the tra- so first he goes to a grocery store and he's shocked at the price for a cucumber is like 50 cents or something and he can't pay that so he goes into the trash into the garbage and he finds pickles and he finds jars and salt and so he just goes out in a park somewhere or he's maybe in the burial plot and he puts the pickles in the jars, pours some salt, and he waits for the rain to come. And then he goes on the street in Brooklyn with these dirty old repurposed <laughs> jars that have contained jam or something. But now they contain pickle, and he is selling them to these Brooklynites who are just showing up, and they're like, oh, an art- artisanal pickle maker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Are they, are they all organic? Are they, are they locally sourced? And Herschel looks and is like, uh, yeah, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> and um, it's, yeah, it just makes fun of them. And it makes fun of the interns and the protesters. It's, yeah, it's great. But then, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we experience, it, it's a snapshot of 2020. Like we have, we have uh, um, him being obnoxious on Twitter. <laughs> we have, <laughs> we is, have I, him being canceled. Real I'm going to write here. I'm going to play the bit where Ben explains how Twitter works <laughs> to her. What's your Twitter presence these days, Herschel? All these with what is Twitter? You don't know what Twitter is? Big, powerful, pickle magnate like you doesn't know what Twitter is? I might know what it is by other word. Well, maybe tell me what it is. Uh, clarify. Twitter, you know. It's a marketplace of ideas where the world's best and brightest come to share their opinions in a very measured and reasonable manner. Twitter. I will do Twitter. You probably think you can, but it's very complicated. I don't think you'll get it. I can do anything. I don't think you can. Can you do Twitter? Oh, I can do Twitter. If you can do Twitter, I can do Twitter. In order to do Twitter really well, you got to be like totally raw and uncensored and just share like your completely unfettered opinions. I don't think you'll be very good at that. I will do Twitter. Really? I don't know. You watch me, Ben. I will do Twitter. I will do Twitter better than anyone has ever done Twitter. Well, I'll believe it when I see it, Herschel. You will see it and you will believe it. Well. Have at it, my friend. Watch. And and the trial is hilarious. R- Ryan, um, that was the 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 prosecuting attorney was he was in some Netflix comedy bang bang show in the in the bit that you loved the whole like. Shut up and make and let my wife eat the receipt or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was. Um, I think you should. That was. I think you should leave. That uh, that's that sketch show from Tim something, but yeah, it's a it was a Netflix sketch show that that guy was like he's like, <laughs> let my wife eat the receipt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but but anyway, the, the the trial itself, I 
you should watch this movie. Everyone should watch this movie. Um, the, the, like the whole defense and the way that he's prosecuted is hilarious. And Thomas, now I suddenly agree with you. It is definitely the funniest movie of the year. Mm. Yeah, it's a really fun 90 minutes. It went by <laughs> really fast. And like, even though you knew that in the end they were probably going to kiss and make up and become friends and maybe start to pickle empire together or something, it was still fun to watch him try to escape to Canada. And, and this and this contemporary Brooklynite secular Jew <laughs> at the end, um, it's really sweet. They pray. They pray together. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. I mean, I Jews, know you didn't. So <laughs> uh, it's also funny when they are trying to like figure out when he got to the U.S. and how he got off, like what his papers are like if it was legal. And they go and they try to find the documents, and they're in some basement of I assume State Department office or something, and the boxes. Or just labeled Jews. Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after he gets, after he, uh, Herschel goes on Twitter and says a bunch of offensive things, he gets like a huge following from like, you <laughs> know, right wing Christians. And like he's getting even more popular, which, which makes Ben, because Ben uh, convinced, uh, tricked him into going on Twitter so that he would get, because he knew he would get canceled. Yeah. But then, um, he becomes even more popular with the right wing and like he's, you know, doing, giving these speeches and they're and, ready to make him president. Right. They're, they're ready. To, and so then Ben shows up at one of his rallies and asks him about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and of course he knew that he would say, you know, you know, terrible things about Jesus, which then turned all the Christians against him. Yeah. And so. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's like, it's just great funny commentary on the U.S. in 2020. Like, it's, it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, and it's, and it's just got um, funny things. Like, funny people, like, the writing team, uh, I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan, but, um, like, they, they, they put it together with this one. Like, even when they're looking to sneak into Canada, they're on the border, um, they're like, uh, the border patrol drives by, and they're like, oh, no, did they see us? And you see the car, like, screech to a halt, and like one of the guys run out of the car and then take a leak. Yeah. Like he's like, Oh, I couldn't wait one more minute for this. And you, you think that they're caught, but instead like the guys take a leak and, and um, yeah, it's the humor is, um, you know, way more hits than misses um, in this movie. I think, I think like this is, I mean, probably Seth Rogen's best performance in like, I, I like him in a lot of things. Some things he does aren't, aren't as good, but, um, I do like it, but I, I think like this is his his best performance in a movie. I mean, just uh, he does a really good job playing both parts, and he, he he like found his I don't know he found his sweet spot of where you know he's not too over the top, but he's over you know he's you know big enough that it's that it's funny. Clearly, clearly, he realized how to have like a Eastern European accent. He learned that first, and he's like, we could make a movie out of this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in the movie itself, it's like, I like how it doesn't, like, it just glosses over things that is like, well, yeah. of course, that's how the immigration system works. Right, like, right. It? <laughs> and, and when you deport someone, you just put them on the ship and, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put them in a container ship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many things about that, about it that are ridiculous that I kind of appreciate that it just, it just elides all the details and and creates this new reality. Um, but like, I also like that it's a funny movie and the plot is just a conceit to communicate uh, a few things of, of, of the value of family and connectedness of the fact that we make milk from stupid things like peas. 
um, it, it kind of raises cancel culture and reconciliation and irreligiosity. Um, and like, how do we, in a family, like today, uh, it's common around holidays for, um, kind of culturally leftist publications to, to, to have a, uh, an articles on guides on how to talk to your family at uh, Thanksgiving. And it's like, do we really need a guide on this or can we just be family? Like, can we just be diverse and have different opinions? And yet um, there's something that connects us. That's maybe more important than, than how we vote or whether like, whether we correctly see that Q is a real thing. Um, there are a lot more important things than, than, than this. So I, I think it, it just communicates those things uh, very gently in some ways. I believe that we are starting to run out of time. Any final thoughts on an American pickle? Do you want to hear about my Swedish pickle? Not really. Yes, I do. <laughs> we'll do that in Afterglow. From Apollo 8, thank you and good night. Light the candle. Do all that stuff. Bye. <laughs> Light the candle. Was that, was that uh, J-Pod, keep the candle burning? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Light the candle. It's my You've got to light it before you keep it burning. <laughs>